0: If you if you want to leave me, you can. Like I, I I I completely understand. And I'm just like, are you are you kidding me? Like why That would I would never you know I'm like never do that. Um, I mean I think in the end it made us stronger having to. I mean and I think trauma does that to people. It's like if you go through something like that together, you just you you grow and you have that now as part of you that you experienced and went through together in your own separate ways.
1: Yeah, I mean absolutely. I did say. Exactly those words. That yeah. You did not marry. This is not the man you married. Yeah. You have a free pass to leave. I totally understand. Um. And then.
0: Wait, uh,
1: and we had two little.
0: Children. And we had two little children. So I was like.
2: Hello, and Olaf friends.
3: Storytime brought to you by locumstory.com. Today we'll be reading one job, two job. One job, two jobs. Red blob, no job. Elective doc, emergency doc. Some in overstock, some in out of stock. This doc is too abused. This doc is underused. This doc can't get sick. Say let's try a brand new trick. For all the docs about to cry, here's an idea you can try. Look into a locum tenants assignment, a really great option. You might find it. Don't forget locums pays much better, and you can find assignments in any type weather. With all this new info trapped up in your thinker, go to PodcastNetwork.com forward slash locum story and use your mouse to tinker. It's here you'll find the unbiased answers you are after so you can decide if locum tenens is in your next chapter. Please help me welcome our guest on today's show of Medicine, Marriage, and Money, Dr. Ian Cook, and Dr. Lauren Idy. Dr. Cook is an emergency medicine-trained physician and practices full-time in wound care and hyperbaric medicine. And Dr. Lauren is a diagnostic and interventional radiologist, woo They've been together for 14 years, married for 11 years, have two sweet girls, eight and nine years old, 13 months apart, so Irish twins there, and they are passionate about short-term rental investing and are here today to tell you how you can do it too, which y'all know we love short-term rental investing or mid m- mid-term. I forget Victor coined this new term recently: mid-term rental investing, because we like to like do the sweet spot—not weekend, not a week, but a little bit longer, a couple months, or uh, six weeks at a time. But welcome, welcome, guys! So glad to have you, There's and Ida.
1: Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you.
3: So tell me, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are in the world, what you do.
0: All right, so um, I'm originally from New Orleans and I grew up all over the United States. Uh, My dad was in oil, so we lived in North Dakota and Texas and ended up in California. Uh, I went to college out in California, med school in New York, and then did all my um, training in California afterwards. Um, Wow, that
3: is everywhere, oh my gosh. And what about you?
1: I'm just Southern California, born and raised. And then uh, I went out to Chicago for uh, medical school. And then I had a great time there, but was ready to come home. And I came back home. And that's where uh, I met Lauren.
3: Where'd you meet? What were you guys doing?
0: Yeah. So, um, so we both, um, so, you know, I had to do a transitional year and uh, Ian for ER also did the same. Um, So I wanted to go back to is in Bakersfield actually, because that's where my family was still my parents and my sister. So we actually met during orientation week for our transitional year in Bakersfield, which is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. uh... (laughs) So,
3: And if is in SoCal, I don't I'm not familiar Yeah, with it's like Central it's,
0: California. It's considered like the upper end of Southern California, but it's really central valley.
1: It still counts for like the Disneyland Pass, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's still considered part of like it's it's over the grapevine. But yeah. it is really close to my hometown. It was only like it's like an hour drive away from where I grew up.
3: Okay. And the, well I mean the Disneyland Pass, that's like key. So it was, yeah. huge. It was
1: a big deal. So yeah. And so, yeah, we met on like that first weekend and then like our first date was on Fourth of July um, down in my hometown with some friends that I had grown up with. So it was uh, it was fun. It was a really good time.
3: The first week of T.Y. year.
1: Yeah. Yes. Basically like eye,
0: yeah. orientation. We're like in this little, like, I don't know, it was like a bungalow little room yeah. and it's like a, you know, rectangle table and we're like sitting across from each other at the table. And it's just like, we made eye contact and yeah, it's <laughs> just, I don't know. This is like end of June. And then, yeah, next thing you know, it's like you want to come down the 4th of July and you know, there's awesome fireworks in Santa Cruz, And we're like, I'm like, sure. And we drove in like your, like oh, Ford yeah. Bronco or something. I don't yeah, even know what, with was, no air conditioning. And it's like, you know, 100 oh, degrees. It was bad. Over the grapevine. It
3: was, it was great. Broncos like The remodeled Ford Broncos. Those are like the thing, right? They're,
0: they're oh, this awesome was this now, was a very was old.
1: 14 years ago, it was like <laughs> completely destroyed. Like I had drove it back from uh, Chicago with my dad and it had broke down three times on the way home in three days, like right side, outside of Chicago. Another one, we hit a deer like in the Midwest there, and broke the front end and flattened the tire. And then it broke down in over the Rockies when we were going over to Colorado, it wouldn't start. So we literally broke down three times, one every day and still made it home. And then that's what I was driving to residency when I met Lauren. Yeah. Oh, so. my
3: gosh. <laughs> well, just, yeah. well, yeah, Victor and I met our first week of TY orientation oh, as well. wow. Yeah. Oh. And I'm a radiologist too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so and then when did the like when did the love set in? When were when did you guys just know? Yeah, so so we did we
0: did like do a little bit of dating in the beginning, but I think for both of us we were it was just, you know, we just had him at school, big deal, we're in our tr- training. And so I think neither one of us wanted to really jump into a like real, you know, serious relationship. So it wasn't a it was a few, couple months, like a few months before we decided. You know, we just kept running into each other, kept hanging out. With, Plus you know, going like to small. Leave in group. a
1: year, and I was going to be there for four years, and so like you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so you just yeah, I just did the one so, year. But yeah, it developed. It developed over that year, and then, uh, and then, then we moved in together, and we mm-hmm. split the difference. So she went down. We could say schools. Yeah, yeah. she she went down to USC for her training um which is about 30 miles south of santa clarita and i stayed training in bakersfield which is 85 miles from santa clarita and we moved in together in santa clarita and then i commuted back and forth from bakersfield and she commuted back and forth to um usc and
3: uh five miles from usc to bakersfield
1: no, no, 85 miles from Santa Clarita to Bakersfield and 30 okay. miles from Santa Clarita to USC. So her 30 mile drive was the same amount as my 85 mile. Drive. Yeah, it still so took it, me
0: like it took me an hour Took him an hour with traffic. Yeah, you know, for so me. I drove
1: 85.
3: Yeah.
1: And she drove 30
3: miles an hour.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh my God. You tell 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 us about that. Would you recommend that? What was the hardest and the best part about doing that situation?
0: i mean i you know i think if if this situation works and you really want to i mean try and you know make it as a couple and that was important to you to be living together then i think i think Mm -hmm. people definitely can make sacrifices and do that um it was you know honestly i enjoyed where we ended up staying and lived and his family was in town and which you know and then just met and friends
1: yeah it was actually it was great um i um it was a lot of times where like the bed would be warm and you knew somebody was there. <laughs> yeah, so, cause I worked nights and uh, you know, all the other shifts. And so we had like a 13 month years, how it was broken up. And so like, mm-hmm. I worked 20 days out of 28 and like in the last years I was working 24 out of 28 cause I was moonlighting. So there'd be times when like I would be leaving when she was coming and so forth, but it it was much better that way. Um, driving after nights was a little bit challenging sometimes, um, because it was such a long way. Um, but it was, it was really worth it. And, uh, I did have a place to crash up there if I needed to, but most of the time as the years went through, we, I just wanted to be home because I wanted to be where Lauren was. So we would just go back and forth.
3: Oh, that's so, so sweet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it sounds like it worked out just perfectly too, cause you're on family and not, I mean, not crazy far, just. Yeah an hour an hour right an hour each yeah. way yeah, yeah it's
1: pretty wild i got pulled over a few times but <laughs> I, got, I i got let it worked out
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> did you start crying well i usually
1: <laughs> had my scrubs on and uh, we were at the trauma center so they i i had i, I had friends so it helped so <laughs> So, uh, No, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to get away with that now. I, I would just be a civilian, but they're there <laughs> helped. So yeah.
3: Okay. So you did that for four years or
1: three. Three. Well, we stayed had the first year together as our transition year living up in Bakersfield. And then w- we commuted back and forth for three.
3: For three. Okay. And then when did you got when when was the engagement? Like when did you propose?
0: yeah so that's actually a great story so so um so we had planned this um backpacking trip in europe in italy and um so we were gonna we were gone for a little over two weeks and that would have been in what 2009?
1: 2009 yeah
0: 2009 march and um so so we had been together since okay so 2007 was when we met and so the two years then at that point. And, um, so we had planned this trip where we started in Rome. We went all over Italy, taking trains, carrying our backpacks. And then towards the end of it, we were in Venice and we, um, you know, checked into this, uh, it's called the Rossini Palace Hotel. Highly recommend it. We had, we really loved it. Um, so we checked in and, you know, and the guy was like, Oh, you know, we're upgrading you guys to the Royal suite. And I'm just like, yes, like, you know, cause we were backpacking and, you know, we weren't staying in hostels, but we were also kind of on a budget and, and so modestly, you know, staying in places. So, you know, and I was like, this is awesome. So we get there, the room's beautiful. It's like living room, bedroom, office room gorgeous like ain- fresco of angels on the ceiling. I mean, just views of the square views of the canals. It was just beautiful. And so we're there in Venice, and we're exploring. And then on the second night, um, you know, we're in the hotel room, and he just in the middle of the living room gets down on one knee and proposes. And I had no idea I had no clue he was going to be doing this. And it was it's quite yeah, he has yeah. a little side bit on that. Yeah, it's-
1: so you know, I I bought the ring. I actually went with my grandfather and bought the ring, broke all the financial rules, put it on the credit card, and like it was like everything that I could per- like it was the biggest ring I could afford to buy, right? You know, so so I put bu- put it all together and then uh, I don't know how to sew, but I knew how to suture, right? You know, I'm gonna yeah, physician, right? So so I sutured it into this money belt and then carried it around all over Europe for like 10 days before I proposed and so we're going into the Vatican, and I'm like you got to go first you know like weird things like that that she's not picking up on because like, I don't want metal
0: to see on
1: the metal detector that I got this ring and I'm having to like have side conversations like oh yeah that's here you know and so it was a little nerve-wracking to carry it around uh Europe and then and then yeah I was gonna do like you know, one of those movie things like San Marco Square or on the gondola, you know. Um, but I uh, I did it right there in the hotel room because it was just so beautiful. So I just said, you know, under these angels, uh, will you marry me? And yeah. uh, luckily she said yes. Yes. So, yeah, so it was it's great.
0: Very yeah. memorable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very romantic.
1: Yeah. Of it was, yeah. It was awesome.
3: So, is Ian a romantic? You know, he does have his romantic.
0: I mean, he, he like, yeah. yes, of course. I mean, I
1: would say yes. So, okay. Sorry.
0: No, so, well, I mean, well, hold, on,
1: hold, on, hold on. So for our 10 year wedding anniversary, I had booked and I'd planned it for years. I'd booked yeah. the same hotel with the same hotel room that we'd been upgraded to. Yeah. And we had a trip planned and I had a ring to repropose in the same place that I had proposed. Would have been 11 years from our proposal, 10 years from our marriage. Um, and then COVID happened. And so we didn't go. We yeah. couldn't so, go. So I, am, a- I would say that I have a romantic side.
0: Yeah. But- well, I was going to also say that, like, pretty much every year on Valentine's Day, he orders <laughs> me flowers from the florist from our wedding and he gets them in our wedding colors and they're always beautiful. And so he, and, yeah. So he Thank has you. his romantic.
3: Right, yeah, sure. not that's not that's not everybody does that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't meant to happen, right? So you're going to be doing that later.
1: That's our plan. Yeah, we. Yeah, we, that was. I mean, we we're lucky that that's the only thing that happened in this last year. So yeah. we, we feel blessed and don't want to sound at all complaining. But that was our plan was to do that. So we'll we'll find another time. Yeah, we'll Maybe go. We'll go years.
0: back to Italy for sure. So. Yeah.
3: Yeah. okay okay well let's let's and i like to ask all my guests who come on the show what their definition of marital interdependence is You know, in other words what makes your marriage successful
0: well i think for us one is communication we communicate pretty well with each other and definitely a much I think he's a better communicator than I am. I I do tend to try to hold everything in and solve all my own problems myself, but Ian is very good at recognizing that and um offering his um point of view and advice uh, without, you know, trying to change me or who I am. Um for sure. Yeah, uh,
1: and then I'd also just say that like we are independent. So we have our independent careers and we have our independent finances. And so um, I guess it sounds a little bit odd, but we choose to be together and to grow together. Um, And it's, it's a, it's a great union, because it's a it's a voluntary union, right? So we we choose, we choose each other. So I guess that would say is that, yes, we could be independent, but we choose to be together Mm -hmm. and grow forward. And that, I, and that is, I think, uh, really nice and special.
3: Yeah, that's one of my most favorite, my most favorite sayings is, I mean, you fall in love by choice, but you stay together. You stay in love by, by choice. Oh, wait, chance, choice. Did I mix that up? Awesome. I think
1: I got you, though. That's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Fall in love by chance and choose to stay in love. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so what do you think has been like the hardest part about be- being married? And how have you, how do you work through that? Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. There's oh, it easy for you guys. Is yeah. it easy? I
0: would say it's, it's about to I mean, we're, we're very compatible. Yeah. We're a little bit different, but we're also very similar in a lot of ways. Um, we don't
1: fight much. We don't much. fight yeah. very often. So there's I not mean, really, very, we very don't great. have a lot of difficulty like that. Um. Huh. I guess- I guess just, uh, you know, I guess one of the hard parts was like, just kind of growing together financially. Um, So like, I, we've switched roles throughout our lives on like what we do financially. So like Lauren, when we were first dating, like used to have an Excel sheet and had a budget and had everything like down to the T. And I used to make fun of her and I was like, oh, you're, you're Mrs. Scrooge. Like, and Miser like, here. <laughs> I'm like, everything. I just have and to like, make sure I have money in my account yeah, for this and stuff. And, and I, like, was
0: oh, like, God, I was like,
1: I was like, she's like, you got anything in your account? I am like, yeah, my bills are all paid. It's all unautomated. automated. I'm good. And like, she's like, what's your balance? And I'm like, I don't yeah. know. It's a, uh, over time, like, you know, obviously I've changed my ways, but,
0: uh, I taught him how she, to use Excel and now he's Excel. like an Excel master.
1: Yeah. like. She had to Great. teach me how to use yeah. Excel. I was like, in residency, and still didn't know how to use Excel. And so she had to teach That's me how to so use complicated.
3: it. Complicated, and they changed it. I've heard. Okay, well, let's talk about your story, like the big story that changed your entire life.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah so I I actually have it like pinned on our blog as our first story because it kind of it kind of does or has defined our life a lot and everybody has, you know difficult stories and trauma and so forth, but we try to uh, at least present it with a positive spin because it did have a a good outcome in the end. But I was basically, I wasn't basically, I was at home cleaning our house, um, after like a night shift and before another like swing shift. And, uh, I was climbing up on a ladder cleaning cobwebs before like a Super Bowl party, which is always Lauren's birthday party, which mm-hmm. I'm so blessed to have her birthday on the Super Bowl. Yes. So, so always I was cleaning excited. the house before a Super Bowl party, and I got up on a ladder, and um, instead of like just trying to sweep it from the floor, I started throwing a uh, uh,
0: like a, a broom, mop, like a mop thing. up yeah. in the air,
1: and. Uh, I did it three times and then I um, on the third time when I caught it I fell and the ladder is actually up on some stairs so I fell like from the height of my hip is probably a little over 15 feet on the hardwood and I landed on my right side and uh, I shattered my right wrist um, and I couldn't move my right leg at all and uh, and I was home alone and so so uh, basically, I had to call 911 with my left hand. I had to roll over on my side and hope the paramedics can get in because I thought the door was locked. And luckily, I had left the garage door open. And they they came, and I, I knew I was really, really beat up. And so long story short, you know, I, I called my mom at first in the ambulance because I knew I couldn't get a hold of Lauren because she was in her IR fellowship year and was difficult to get a hold of. And then... The paramedics called Lauren and left her a message saying, your husband is okay, he he fell off off a ladder. He's going to the hospital. hospital.
0: I'm like, oh, my God.
1: (laughs) And my first phone call before all of them was actually to my ER group, which was I told my my, uh, boss that, hey, I'm not coming in, and I don't know when I will be coming in again." again. And that was like two hours before my shift. No, she was.
0: Oh yeah, he went to like our local ER, and yeah. where he works was is in a different town. I was in a different so, town. So yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah. So, but yeah, I was like that type of patient. I was like, you know, hey, uh, hey, paramedics, yeah, I can I can't move my leg. I know it's broken or dislocated. You know can I have eight milligrams of morphine and call for more because that's not going to cut it. You know, (laughs) they they took care of me really well, took me to the local hospital. And then uh, it turned out that uh, I'd fractured my, my, my wrist, I had a median nerve compression. And then um, I had shattered my acetabulum. So my, my uh, femur basically just had turned into a hammer and just smashed my acetabulum into pieces.
3: Wow, Is it reconstructed now or what? Yeah,
1: I'm reconstructed now. Luckily, Lauren, uh, through some work connections, was able to get me transferred to like a higher level of care. There's only two orthopedic surgeons that suppose at the time in the Southern California area that were comfortable with that reconstruction, and one was not at a trauma center, so it was really one. And Lauren, through some calls, was able to get me transferred, and then I had uh, uh, I spent about a week in the ICU. I had a right uh, wrist surgery first and ORAF and median nerve decompression first because I was just having major nerve pain and loss of sensation or neuropathic pain and loss of sensation. And then uh, the next day they took me back to reconstruct my acetabulum. And so it was a, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, surgery so that was how Lauren spent her birthday yeah so that, that was on
0: my birthday yeah. at the hospital and he was in surgery forever and yeah. uh, I had some good friends come and you know had a little cupcake in the hospital cafeteria while waiting to see you know whatever was gonna happen yeah. and yeah,
1: yeah. so, so that I spent about 14 days in rehab inpatient rehab with the best rehab people and uh, best rehab nurses. It was great, and uh, I had a really good physiatrist and some mindset work when I was in there. And uh, both of my nurses were named Angel, which were, they wore. They wore angels. They t- mm-hmm. both of them were, took care of me. Um, they, um, yeah, it was it was really a big deal.
2: But that's also awesome.
3: mindset, like a mindset.
1: Um- yeah, we we did visualization yeah it was really helpful because the pain was out of control you know it was it was it was a lot um it was a lot and uh because i couldn't weight bear i needed to hop on my left leg and then move my walker with my left arm so because i couldn't use my right arm either right so i had to hop on one leg and uh so there was a lot of pain a lot of mobility issues and so they worked on you know some visualization like you know for the moment, but then also visualization for like, where do you want to be uh, physically? So like, we already knew the work stuff, like, yeah, okay, I want to be back to work. I want to be able to pick up my kids. I want to be able to do all these things. And they're like, those are all like given, like you you know that you're going to get to those, you have to get to those. What else would make you feel completely covered? And, you know, it was a winter Olympics at the time. I think it was Sochi and I was just watching them nonstop because I couldn't sleep. Um, and I was like, you know what? I want to be able to snowboard again. When I can snowboard again, I'll be recovered, which seems ridiculous. It's a silly, ridiculous goal, but- uh,
3: But you're a snowboarder.
0: Yeah, yes, I mean, he loves yeah, snowboarding. Yeah, he was doing so, it forever. So I mean, so for him, that was a very, very real It took a goal. few years.
1: It took almost yeah. two years to be able to do it again. But yeah, so so Lauren sent me up the hospital bed at home and I came home on uh, Valentine's Day.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and he had the flowers. <laughs> He had ordered them from the hospital room. He he did. I, yeah. I ordered the flowers from yeah. the
1: hospital room uh, uh, with a big, I'm sorry, note. And uh, wow. I spent a long time apologizing for, uh, for, for that because uh, that was really not smart. I literally could have handled it by throwing a rag from the floor. <laughs> like it is literally yeah. one of the dumbest things i would ever done in my life.
3: Oh my gosh! But you guys got through it. And how many months did it take? Did you were you out of work or in even home rehab?
1: Yeah. So I, I was in home rehab for about three months or two months because um, I couldn't weight bear um, because that the the acetabulum had to heal, and so I couldn't put any weight down. And that's where like the neuropathic pain was was crazy. And then um, I graduated to um, uh, pool therapy. therapy. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was, that was fun. It was good. It was great to do, but tried changing one handed uh, with one leg in a shower. (laughs) So that was rough. And then, uh, and then I did almost 12 months of physical therapy. I started four days a week for about six months. um, And then I went down to two days a week, um, three or three days a week, and then two and so forth. And I went from using a walker to a cane to then eventually walking and, uh, and yeah, so I still have pain daily, but I don't require pain medications. I haven't ever since the acute phase. Um, I just take Tylenol or Motrin, but it's uh, yeah, it's so, uh, but I have full function, but with, uh, you know, chronic issue, but it's okay.
3: Okay. And then speaking of the apology, the apology letter and the flowers, how, you know, how did this affect your marriage? Because this is like a major life event, three, three four months out of commission. Yeah, I mean, I don't.
0: I mean, he Ian would be like, yeah, I, I know he definitely said this, but he was just like, if you if you want to leave me, you can. Like, I, I I I completely understand, and I'm just like, are you are you kidding me? Like, why that would I would never, you know, I was like, I would never do that. Um, i mean i think in the end it made us stronger coming to, i mean and i think trauma does that to people it's like if you go through something like that together you just you you grow and you have that now as part of you that you experienced and went through together in your own separate ways
1: yeah i mean absolutely i did say exactly <laughs> those words that yeah you did not marry. this is not the man you married yeah you have a free pass to leave i totally understand um and then we, uh, and we had two little and children. we had two little children so i was like no, so no, so but and, and so we I'm had a, we had a we had our children yeah. were le- were less than two so yeah, we, we had, had a yeah. one year old and we had a like six or like six we had 18 months old yeah. and six six months old so yeah. one of they were like little babies and Lauren was in her, um, her IR fellowship year. Yeah. I was so, like trying to finish up in
0: January trying to finish, yeah. you know, the rest of my it year. It was insane. Out. Well, how did you do that? How did well, you, I we mean, we had
1: the best family support system. Yeah. 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 So. so
0: his, his mom, uh, we have, we had a nanny, yeah. um, uh, yeah who's actually still with us and she's like a family member basically to us at this point
1: yeah my mom was working full-time as a nurse and then would come over and help with the children afterwards and um our nanny's been with us before uh, since before our second daughter was born and uh she took me on as her third child and so she 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 helped provide meals um, for me and I gained so much weight; yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> um, I I was a lot of pancakes. I, I, I was like,
3: a lot of it like that before. But you're right; our nanny does that too. She she makes all of my meals. You know, all of our meals. Like, I guess we're just her other her third children. children. Yeah, yeah
1: and uh, and we had disability insurance, and that saved us oh, um, financially, financially. Yes, that was yes. yeah. Yeah, because we had already bought our our forever home, and we bought it off of one physician income because that's kind of the way we wanted to do it. And so we had already we were already in our home that we wanted to be in. And there's like a lot of ties to like snowboarding and stuff in our story. But anyways, I was snowboarding the year before in Mammoth with one of my friends, and you can track the speeds and we were going a little over 50. And I realized right then if I crashed, we would lose everything because Lauren was in residency. And I was just like, she'd been kind of harping on me to get insurance for a little while. And I was like, I came home from that trip and was like, Okay, I'm ready. I got to get disability insurance, and I did. and like, and, uh, and,
0: then and like then a year, year later, later, I
1: fell. yeah, and then the loophole story that we tell is that um, I didn't have short term. I just had the the standard disability with a writer and partial return to work and all the good stuff, but uh, nothing for that first three months, but it's guardian insurance, which I, th- which I think was fantastic, and they had an uh, uh, option on there that if you were paralyzed or immediately disabled or loss of blinded or loss of two limbs, you were immediately disabled and they gave you back pay for the from the time of disability.
3: Oh, and you have to go
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so if he you had a fall. Rest. Fall hard. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So I damaged. I know. I, know. I have da- I, I had lost my right arm, function of my right arm and my right whole leg. So, so they they actually advocated on my side, my my uh, my uh, agent and uh, or my case manager. Yeah. And they uh, they got it. So it really really helped.
3: Okay. Well, we don't recommend this for everyone yeah. because you might not. Have- like Anne did, okay, short term. Oh, and then so, so this effect, this as so you had already had the epiphany to get the disability insurance. Did the fall off the ladder affect you further financially, or were you kind of already like doing your Excel spreadsheets and your financial planning and your short term rentals? Tell us a little bit about like, how all that changed or how you got into that.
0: Yeah, well, at that point, um, we so I was finishing, and I already had a job lined up to start in like July. Or yeah, July. And so, luckily, like with his disability insurance kicking in pretty much right away, we had enough to cover our expenses and mortgage and everything. At that point, we had bought our you know primary residence, and we bought it based off of just Anne's income, like you know yeah. being able to afford it on just one position income. And um, we hadn't really gotten into doing any investing really other than just our, you know, our retirement accounts. So, so for that period
1: of time, we were stable. Um, We actually had a property up in Bakersfield Mm -hmm. and we weren't sure on our, my ability to go back to work. So like in the very beginning, it was still scary. Like we weren't sure if that back pay was going to come through. We were hoping so. Um, We had a property in Bakersfield that we had bought before the crash that we this is like one of like our one regret. We like, we couldn't rent it. And um, because the finances were into, you know, unstable, we ended up short selling it, which was kind of devastating for me because I'd like never missed a payment until that time. And so we short sold that property. And so that was probably like one of our biggest mistakes. And so after that, I was out of buying properties for a while because I had destroyed my credit during that time. Um, But it recovered pretty quickly. But what happened was, um, over the following year, after I started getting physically better and Lauren started working, we kind of changed our investment strategy a little bit. Like, we continued to max out our finances, like our, our, uh, retirement. our retirement accounts. But then we also started to be like, we're going to invest in a backyard because. Even though people would say not to do that, we want to have time to spend with our kids in the pool because I might fall off another ladder. And yeah. so so we we did that yeah. stuff. And uh and I remember during that time because I was like, This is not good, we should be buying properties. Well, Lauren decided to buy a property, so she said, yeah. Well, why don't we buy a mammoth property? We'll just take some of the money from the backyard fund and do it. And uh, and that's what we did. So we decided that we're gonna buy I mean, I'm a short-term rental property because we were up there snowboarding and uh we were spending like over a thousand dollars a night to rent somebody else's place. We sat down in the kitchen and did the math, and we're like, we could easily you know own a place of our own, use it quite a bit, and, and still have, it, have a cover and for still have it covered, expenses right? Least, yeah. And and then if we decided not to use it, we would make
0: money off yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: significant money off of it. So so she she made the call, and because I couldn't buy properties we bought it under her name the first mm-hmm. one
3: yeah. and
1: uh and uh it was great mm-hmm. it was it
3: was great because it was that your first term rental
0: that was yeah. our first what was first the baker's well uh, bakersfield was uh, uh a rent was where he <laughs> stayed when he it was where he stayed during his residency but yeah. then after that after he left he rented it um mostly to other Residence, residents there. yeah
1: Bakersfield was the first property that I had ever bought in 2007, right before residency, right before the crash, before knowing anything about properties, before doing any real property research besides following whatever real estate agent I had met, not asking Lauren or other people that were from Bakersfield. Ignoring the drug deals literally across <laughs> yeah. the street because it's an up and coming neighborhood, and I'm he, not I'm like literally he ignoring bought, like, drug The deals, worst location um, possible. Because you know, it was close to the hospital.
0: It was close to the hospital.
1: It had yeah. granite countertops and it looked, looked nicer nice. than the other places on the other side of town that I couldn't afford. So I bought it with no interest in, or no money down because um, you know that's how it was back then, and. I don't think it ever regained its property value. And so, yeah, so that was our first, that was my first property. And then so I had the short sell it, but it was only under my name, not Lauren's. And then when we bought our first short term rental, it, Lauren bought it under Mammoth, her name yeah. in Mammoth. And we bought that because, you know, we wanted to spend that time as a family after everything that we've been through. That was something we enjoyed doing. And, um, and if we also knew it was a good investment, and that's kind of how it all started.
3: Right? So yeah, the Bakersfield property was your learning experience. Yeah, yeah
1: the learning experience. I yeah. mean,
3: it definitely gives yeah. him a
0: little bit of like, I guess, a little bit of fear. You know, you just. Or a little bit more of like, I need to do my due diligence. I need to really research, make sure these areas are good. You know, if I don't know a market, I'm going to find out about that market before I just trust one person and say, oh, this is the best location to buy in or something. Yeah, like. yeah. So yeah. I learned his lesson. He yeah. learned his lesson.
1: Yeah. So,
3: and then, okay, so do you guys have more than one short term rental properties? Because I know you have like a, a course or, or something you guys offer, right, to help people who want to get started in short-term rentals too yeah, yeah. so
1: we started blogging about uh short-term rentals in uh, October of last year mainly because like we enjoy our short-term rental properties and we thought it would be cool to talk about them and also to just talk about short-term rental investing as You know yes a source of passive income it's actually really an active income because you got to manage it but so a source of income and then also as a source of joy right so a place to spend time with your family and an investment that you can use because you know we love the you know the finance world and and all of the options and the fire and so forth but we felt that there were you know that there's a lot of you know don't do any of that now, don't enjoy this now. don't buy that. save everything, and then you'll be able to retire in five years or ten years and then it's gonna be really awesome then and I kind of we kind of thought we just wanted to talk about like you know uh, enjoy the journey now, enjoy the journey of financial freedom now you know, and this is a this might not be a get rich quick scheme, but if you you know invest in short term rental properties, you can grow your wealth for your family, you can have it you know a yearly income if you don't use it too much and if you do then great at least you were making memories with your family and so that was kind of how we wanted to start blogging and and talking about short-term rentals um and so we thought there was there was a need for that voice and so we just we, we uh we that's how we started and then then you know we had the idea of a course and we started putting it together um and it it focuses on like the mindset of Short-term rental, because that's that's kind of universal for all real estate courses. Is yeah. the there are different mindsets for each one, right? You got to have a mindset for even multifamily, for storage, for mobile homes, for short-term rental. They're all different, really, on how you approach it.
3: Service, like it's focusing service, right? It's like hospitality. Exactly. Yeah. There's
0: a whole different angle to it. And then, yeah. And so then we were, we're getting, you know, we were purchasing another one in December this, uh, you know, past year. And, um, during that whole process of like, you know, just doing everything again, like setting it up, getting it decorated, you know, putting it, getting our listing, uh, Airbnb and all those, you know, I think, you know, Ian was like, I want to make this easier for other people. Yeah. And so he kind of took this whole pro as he's, you know, doing the process again and again, just kind of documented it, you know, went through it and detailed it. Um, and that's part of it too. So hopefully yeah, other people will have a resource to say, I will save you some, a few steps or save you some time and, and save your, get some value out of it, you know, essentially. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So we wanted to make the setup portion easier you know, after the mindset part, we, we go over how to research properties and markets so that, you know, you don't do a Bakersfield move, mm-hmm. um, like I did on my first property, right. And so to help with that, and we have a short term rental calculator that really goes through all like, the different nuances of short term rental properties, because, they're you know, they're different than a single family home or a standard rental. And then, and then we also went through the setup. So like, airbnb verbo booking.com you know and then how to automate your your stuff because you know we we're busy right all of us are busy and so that's the biggest limiting belief is i'm too busy to do this but the reality is that i think that's how people get you on that is that if you if you do the upfront setup you really could manage this you can you just have to automate it a little bit be comfortable with the smartphone and texting because that's usually what people do is they'll text you and and that's about it um and once you have your team set up at your at your market it's it really moves pretty pretty easily and then we got into like the nuts and bolts of like bookkeeping and and uh, other different things um that you kind of don't think about until you till you get They're there so yeah. so but our, yeah, you're knee deep in the Excel sheet trying to figure it out. So we we just wanted to make it really fun and easy and let people know that they can do it and I can do
3: it, right? Yeah. I mean I'm sure a lot of people were like, Well, how do you have time as two working physician yes. parents with two yeah. girls? You know, how do you how do you have the time?
1: Well, yeah, same same for you guys, exactly. <laughs> so but you, you can so you can make the time and that's where it was like once, once we had all that set up, it was like, we got how to share how to do this because um, I think any physician that, I mean, the only exception I would say would be if you're in the operating room for 12 hours a day, it might be hard. You yeah. might have to toss the phone off to your, to your significant other for that day. But otherwise, the rest of us have enough downtime at any time that you can answer you know a text. But most of it is automated, honestly. I mean it's rare that I have to answer a text directly um unless you know unless it's you know a really important question most of the uh, booking stuff and everything is all set up to just to just go and so so yeah so that's that's how I set it up and uh, it's been fun
3: um so you guys manage yourself. So do you do all the managing yourself?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we yeah. do we do the managing and you know, we have, if we have local contacts and I mean for, for mammoth, you know, we're up there a, a lot too, especially yeah. in the winter time. Uh, our kids are actually on a snowboard team up there. And so we go a lot. And yeah, awesome. and so that helps us also be able to, to keep an eye on things and bring supplies and everything. Yeah.
1: I mean, once you have a team set up and especially with, I mean, if you're in a condo, it's a little bit different. If you're in a house, like you can have the nest and all the cameras yeah. and everything. So you can really remotely monitor a property pretty easily. Um, and so, so yeah, you can manage it, but you don't have to forever. You know, if, uh, Really, the benefit is that first year, <laughs> that first year tax uh, uh, tax uh, benefits you have to self-manage, right? So you you need to use it for less than fourteen days. You need to have your average booking of seven days or less. You need to do a hundred hours and more than anybody else in managing, and and then you would be able to qualify um, to um, maximize your deductions. And so if you use a cost segregation study and then combine it with bonus depreciation you could have some really significant tax savings and we go over it a lot in the course and we have some good uh, tax uh, interviews um, and cost segregation study interviews about it but basically if you're in a 37 percent tax bracket you could save a significant amount of taxes by self-managing your property because then it is a business you know
3: yeah, no, you're just starting to sound like Victor now. Like he he definitely takes care of all the tax, all the tax and financial things. So no, that's perfect. You've got the whole package. What else? You know, as we wrap up here, anything else that you guys want to add about medicine or marriage? I know we focused you know, on your latter trauma experience and the short term rentals. Anything else? Any advice you have for two physici- married physicians who want to do it all?
0: Well, I think mean, I think for one, you set those goals. Cause like, we are all very goal oriented. We've always been very goal oriented. We wanted to get through med school. We wanted to get through residency. We wanted to get that attending job. So for, especially for physician couples, I think you have to talk about it together, kind of, and then mutually decide on where you want to be. Where do you want to put your financial investments? Where do you want to see yourself in three years? Where do you want to see yourself in five years? And write those things down and then revisit them and say are we on track do we need to change anything Yeah. i mean i think that's that's for us i mean at least that's kind of how we do ours that's yeah. huge
1: and then taking time uh with each other right so mm-hmm. we'll have those at like dinner conversations and so forth but i mean we again we've been really lucky to have you know my parents close by that help with the children but we we take time for each other. So we, our, our kids have been with my parents since they've been little babies. They love going to grandma and grandpa. So we will go for a weekend together and leave the kids at home and, and and spend time. And I joke that like that trauma time was actually one of the happiest periods of time because um, we took every Tuesdays off. So Lauren was off on Tuesdays and I, I, when I returned to work, I didn't go back to work on Tuesdays. And every Tuesday we had a date, lunch, we went to sushi, we either went to a movie, movie or did whatever. We went to th- a gym together,
0: were, you know, something. Yeah. And life
1: crept back up, and I started working more. And this, this last uh, last two weeks, yeah, two weeks yeah. ago, I started taking Fridays off to be is off. With Fridays Lauren, off, now. Lauren's off yeah. with, on Fridays, and we're trying to return back to that
3: Tuesdays and Fridays. No, 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 no I just, just have Fridays. Fridays. <laughs> well, so not
1: just to... Fridays are awesome, but yeah. one day, one day, Yeah, I,
0: my work week is typically a four day work week, and yeah. so, um, and I was able we. Like a year ago, they switched me to Fridays, which was awesome. And so, and then Ian's just been like slowly kind of grappling with how can I take a Friday off and get back to that again? And so a couple of weeks ago, basically June it started. So now we have our Fridays off together and
1: to spend, yeah, just to maximize, you know, being able to have that time together. So that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I think that the combination of having shared goals and um spending Having quality time together, together you know with and without your children yeah. is important
3: exactly exactly it was like we were were, oh yeah this saturday we were at a we were at like a little uh father's day a little father's day outdoor with our vaccinated friends gathering and i always and i always prep my little girls with okay you're gonna see jenny tonight the babysitter she comes over most saturdays because that's like the time victor and i see each other for a few hours every week (laughs) just us and um and and shinola's like Jenny's coming over, and she usually loves. You know, she always loves Jenny. She loves that time Jenny, but she's like, she's like, I think I I prefer to spend time with family tonight. Oh, like, Who said that. You know, I was three years old, and I was just, oh my gosh, the mom guilt set in. But I'm like, no, I'm yep. still doing this. Where I like, I almost canceled, but I'm like, we're still doing this. This is for couple victor my time you know
0: <laughs> it is important it is important yeah sure. yeah it's
1: great
3: yeah the mom guilt the dad guilt it will it will always be there it might change it might get bigger or smaller but it's just something got it got to continue to work on our marriage so so okay that's so where can people find you
1: um well they can find us on our website uh, carpetdmd.com and then we're also on Facebook, which is uh, Carpidium MD. Uh, and it, the, the handle is at the Carpidium MD. We also have a Facebook group, which is new. We started it about a couple weeks ago. We're a little slow on that one. We're blogging without a Facebook group. So uh, it's uh, the Carpidium MD short term rental group. And then uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram are at the same handles, but uh, at the Carpidium MD.
3: Okay, perfect. Easy to remember and a lot of stuff going on. So thank you so much, Ian and Lauren, for coming on my show. Thank you, guys. For doctors, the story has changed. Visit doctor.podcastnetwork.com forward slash locum story to see if a locum tenens assignment is right for you. It's here you'll find the unbiased answers you are after so you can decide if locum
2: tenens is in your next chapter.
3: What a fabulous show! Thank you, doctors Ian and Lauren, and thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm so glad they they re- for those of you who don't know they reached out to me on Facebook and said they had a really amazing story. It transformed the way they invested their money. And if you have a transformative story or just something lovable, romantic, funny, any of the above uh, related to medicine, motherhood, marriage, money you notice know, what I threw in motherhood there reach out to me and we will talk about it. I'll bring you on my show so let's get into the three take-home points from doctors Ian and Lauren and I don't have my little chimes today because I have moved to Kansas City for the moment the moment being we shall see <laughs> so number one visualize your success not just the success of today or the success of tomorrow next month but your success like in the far future visualize it three years from now now definitely celebrate your success today. But when I say visualize your success from three years from now or 10 years from now, this is what's going to help you achieve all those goals, knock down all those obstacles, create what you think might be impossible, but is actually possible. Number two, get good insurance. Why do we have insurance? Why do we pay for something we hope will never happen? Because what if it happens? We never want these things to happen, right? They're all bad things is why we get insurance. We get, I mean, I have jewelry insurance in case I lose my wedding ring, medical insurance in case I get sick, disability insurance in case I become disabled and need to provide for my family. All these different types of insurances. We don't get it hoping that it'll happen. We hope it'll never happen. We actually pay for something that we hope will never come true. So you just get it because when it does happen... No one is immune to tragedy. You've heard me say that before. I got that from one of my dear friends. No one is immune to tragedy. It can happen to anybody. I think we're realizing that, especially in the era of Corona Delta. We're seeing this, okay? And we're seeing people realize that bad things can happen when they spent maybe a year thinking that things would never happen to them. So get insurance and allow your family to not have to suffer by a split second decision that could be made by you or I at any time. Number three, turn bad experiences into learning opportunities. Gosh, I can think of hundreds of bad experiences I've had in my life, and whether I've chosen to turn them into learning opportunities, Maybe it took me a day, maybe it took me 6 years. Maybe I'm still working on some of those turning some of those bad experiences into learning opportunities or actually good experiences or something that I can that's life changing. You can do it. Dr.s Ian and Lauren did it. I mean, he fell off the ladder. He was out for months his whole family with the, their kids and their whole family helped him I and mean, turned their entire life around and they turned it into a learning opportunity. I mean, just walk away realizing what a positive spin, what a uplifting experience they kind of shared with us in today's episode and how that probably necessarily would not have happened for everyone, okay? And remember, Dr. Ian even offered for Dr. Lauren to walk away, right? He said, "This I'm not the husband you signed up for. You can leave. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm like just getting chills, remembering that he said that. So, those are my big three take home points. And I hope you guys walk away asking yourself how can I spend a little bit more time on my marriage this week? When can I take my next weekend getaway? What is my investment strategy and does it align with my life goals? How can I turn my financial failures? into learning experiences. And I can tell you, I have already answered three of those questions just by asking them to you. I'm going to spend a little bit more time on my my marriage this weekend because my husband Victor is flying out to visit us. I'm on maternity leave, living at my parents' house with my three girls, just uh, pausing Dallas life for a bit. And he's flying out to see us tomorrow, so make a little time for him instead of the three girls. Let me tell you, our next weekend getaway is going to be tomorrow. We go to the Lake of the Ozarks, which will be the weekend after, before, before you've listened to this and financial failures into learning experiences. Well, sometimes I may overpay for a product or a service and not realize it until afterwards. And it may be a little bit premature for me to tell you got guys this, but I paid probably overpaid for a handyman to come to my house today and install some baby gates and tack some shelving up to the wall because I didn't want to make the time to do it. I've got three kids I'm running after over here and also helping with other things, including doing my podcast, recording my podcasts and coaching. So anyway, I'm, I've am i learned from experience. What have I learned from this experience? I'm always going to ask somebody how much they're going to charge me when they enter my home or before they enter my home, before they start actually working. So thank you, Victor, for helping me. What be- was a financial failure today has turned into a learning experience. So next time you become upset or agitated and think you overpaid for a service, remember about my <laughs> learning experience and you can adopt it as well. Now, please uh, reach out to me anytime on Facebook, Instagram, medicine, marriage and And don't hesitate to download my medical marriage survival guide, the instruction manual for physicians in love, which is free to you. If you just go to my website and download it. And then of course, I want to do a huge shout out to my husband, Victor Mangona, who was actually on the white coat investor podcast. Uh, he ca- that came out today. So four days before you guys are going to listen. It's four or five days before you listen to this episode if if you're listening on the release date. So he is talking about cash balance plan with Dr. Jim Dolly on the White Coat Investor podcast, which is a hugely successful podcast, blog, conference, you name it. Jim Dolly does it. So, and, um, You can find Victor Mangona at 39.6 Community on Facebook where he's done several episodes on the cash balance plan amongst other financial topics such as investing, real estate, what house to buy, what car to drive. I should probably remember his little jingle he says at the beginning of every episode. So that's on 39.6 Facebook Community. Join if you're anybody. You can join in my Facebook Community, Medicine, Marriage, and Money. If you are a physician, please join us So much love.
2: The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor. any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.